everybody. It's Sue Bidstrup with the Great Big Yes podcast. Welcome. I am so glad that you're here. On this podcast, I encourage you to say yes to building a business and a life that you love. Welcome. Congratulations. You have made it into the fourth quarter of 2020, you guys. It is October, believe it or not. And we are hitting the home stretch of this year. Many of us are thinking, oh, thank God it's almost over and wishing it away. But I would encourage you to grab a hold of that thought and maybe ask yourself, is that thought serving you? Or would you rather choose a thought like, wow, I have a quarter left to make 2020 mean something. I can still salvage 2020. I want to end on a high note. I want to prepare myself for next year. I want to get my business in order. I want to get my life in order. I would say many of you would prefer to choose one of those thoughts. Those thoughts are going to help you move forward. They're not going to keep you stuck. The truth is we've done a lot of cowering in fear this year, no matter who we are. Fear and anxiety has been a part of 2020. Navigating the unknown has been a part of 2020. But you do have control over your life. And this is about taking ownership of your life, taking ownership of your thoughts. And I just wanted to tell you a a story about what happened to me last week is I've been putting out a podcast every Monday and for a long time. And maybe you noticed last Monday I didn't put out a podcast. This was not on purpose. I had planned to put out a podcast just like I always do. But like many of you, I've been distracted. There's a lot going on in the world. If you're a mom and you have kids that are school age, you know that this has been pretty hectic fall, right? So many of us went in person or didn't go in person or there's a hybrid model or we're doing the whole semester at home. Um, So we're trying to navigate school starting. I have a senior in high school. I'm trying to navigate the college application process. And last Monday, when I would normally um, record my podcast, I was working with my son on his college applications. Now, if you've been through this before, you know there's a lot of moving parts. So we were knee deep in, did you turn this part in and this part in and this part in and you need to fill out this form and all of that. And so I just lost track of time. I spent the whole day kind of doing that and forgot about the podcast, which is really strange because it's such a big part of my business and such a big part of what I love doing. And so I thought about this, you know, and and part of me was kind of kicking myself. And I feel like the old me might have said, oh, I should do it. I should hurry up and do it. Like on Monday night when I realized I didn't do it. Like hurry up and throw something out there at 10 p.m. And then I realized, no, I don't have to do that. I'm going to offer myself some grace here. And I know that my listeners are going to offer me grace as well. Now, I've followed podcasts before where maybe they didn't come out with a podcast that week and I was disappointed. So I want to apologize if that's you, if you felt disappointed last week when you didn't receive a podcast. But I also know that you will offer me grace. I also know that you understand the balance, the work-life balance that being an entrepreneur entails. Many of you are in the same boat. Now, with a lot of our kids at home doing at-home learning, some of the moms of the younger kids, I know you guys are struggling. You're you know, in these Zoom calls all day. You're trying to get work done and help your child. You've become, you know, you're wearing like eight hats. 
So I just want to say kudos to you, and I want you to offer yourself grace. If something falls through the cracks or something slips, something you meant to do didn't get done, it's okay. It's going to be okay. You're doing the best you can, and you're doing an awesome job. And here's the thing. We know that everyone is doing the best they can. Sometimes when I look at some of these parent pages and different things on Facebook, I think, wow, we have lost the ability to offer grace to other people. So I just get off of those pages because I can't stand the negativity. So here's the deal. We need to offer grace to other people. Assume that they're, you know, assume positive intent. Assume that they're doing the best they can with what they have to work with. And then giving ourselves that same grace. We're doing the best we can and we're doing a great job. And we're all going to be okay. So that's where I wanted to start. I hope you're in the practice of offering yourself grace. My um, Instagram and Facebook post today was about being kind. And I don't, I don't think there's ever been a time in my life when I've been more reminded of the lessons that my parents taught me. My mom had be kind as it's just hanging on her wall. It still is above her kitchen sink. But kindness was something that was drilled into us as kids. Not only from my mom, but I grew up in the 70s and 80s. And so... School, uh, Mr. Rogers, Zoom, Sesame Street, all of these influences, kindness was paramount. And I do feel like that's slipping. But I don't want to be one of those people who sits around and says, oh, if everyone would just be more kind or if everyone could just get along or I wish that we could have differences of opinion and still be friends. I think we should stop wishing that and just start doing that. I think that we should decide today to offer others grace, offer ourselves grace, and be kind. To assume that we're all doing the best that we can, whether it's teachers and administrators or parents or business owners or clients, everybody is dealing with something right now. I'm hoping that this time in America, even though it's stressful, I'm hoping that it brings us together. And I know it's not right now, and we don't see that, but God does. God sees that. So I'm praying for opportunity for us to come together, for me to lead well in those spaces. Instead of waiting for someone to come along and solve everything, for all of us to kind of wake up and realize we are the people that we've been waiting for, and we can make a difference right now where we are in the words we use and the actions we take. So in addition to my parents and Sesame Street and all of the things, Mr. Rogers and all of the influences in my life, a big, huge influence, the number one influence for me has been God. And my faith in God has grown over the years, but I've always known about God. I've always had a strong faith. And one of the things that I always return to in any time of need, any time of anxiety or fear or trouble is the word of God. Now more than ever, we need God's word. We need to understand God's character, how it's unchanging. The same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. That it's not blown about by the opinion polls or what the media says or what's going on in American life. 
God is sovereign over all the world, and yet he knows us intimately. And so I can address him with something so deep in my own heart and so personal, and I know that he hears me. And I can ask him for help with global concerns or national concerns. I can pray for my leaders. I can pray for wisdom and discernment and kindness on a grand scale. This is the beauty and the mystery of God, that he could be so universal and so personal, that he could know what we all need and see the big picture, and yet he could come with us, no matter our pain, into the depths of it. He can reach down into the murky water to pull us out, and he does. There's a psalm, Psalm 18, verse 16 through 19. It says, He reached down from on high and took a hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. And in the message version, it says, But me he caught, reached all the way down from sky to sea. He pulled me out of that ocean of hate, that enemy chaos, the void in which I was drowning. They hit me when I was down, but God stuck by me. He stood me up in a wide open field. I stood there saved, surprised to be loved. You guys, this is so powerful. He has not forgotten us. He has not forgotten you. He sees you. He knows you. He loves you. As it says in here, he delights in you. And he's going to bring you out into a spacious place. So if you're feeling despair, if you're feeling overwhelmed, whether it's in business or whether it's personal, whether it's with relationships or whether you just are overwhelmed with the news every day, understand that you are not alone and that our God will never give up on you. And none of this is a surprise to him. It's not like he's asleep at the wheel or he's missing out on what's happening over here because he's looking somewhere else. He sees it all and he knows you and he loves you. There's many things in our lives that have given us the way that we think, that have given us our beliefs, that have given us uh, the way that we problem solve, right? So whether it's our parents or our church or our relationship with God, I want you to think about what has sustained you in your life. Who has taught you truth? Who has called you out maybe on where you might be off track? Who has told you about repentance and reconciliation? Who has been a pillar for you? Who has modeled God for you in your own life, who has been steadfast and true and loyal, trustworthy. 
I want you to take a piece of paper, and if you're walking, you can do this later, but I want you to take a piece of paper and I want you to write down who has blessed you, who has taught you, who has spoken life into you. And if they're alive, I want you to thank them through a text or an email or a card or a gift, however you want to do it, a phone call. But I want you to recognize that each of those people are put into your life because God put them there. Those are divine connections. There are no coincidences or mistakes. You were meant to hear that message when you heard that message. And it blessed you because God meant for it to bless you. And that's the way that he comes down and he picks us up and he sets us on solid ground. And I want to ask you in your life who you've been that pillar for. And if you haven't had the opportunity to do that yet, I want to ask you to pray to God for the opportunity to be a pillar for someone else. I want you to think about those things that God's taught you and that people have taught you, those blessings that have been laid upon your heart, the thinking that has kept you positive, the, the mindset work that you've learned about or that you've done that, have been, that has helped you to not be stuck, the faith that you have that keeps you going each day and believing all of the things that give you hope in your life, that lead you toward possibility and opportunity instead of toward despair. I want you to think about all of it. I want you to write it all down. And then I want you to realize that you are a vessel of all that is good. And you can be somebody else's light. It says in scripture that we are the light of the world, right? Like we have God in us and so we get to go and shine our light. We don't hide our light. You know the song, hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine, (laughs) right? So think about all the ways you're staying sane in 2020. Think about all the faith that you've mustered up and remembered and gone back to and dug up from your past that has fortified you and kept your feet on solid ground? What is it? What's the message you can tell someone who's never heard before? Maybe the person is a young person in your life. Maybe you're a teacher and you have influence over several, many, hundreds. Maybe you're a parent. Maybe your work gets you in front of people. Every single one of us has influence. Where are you leading people? And we have to realize that, yes, we may be selling chicken, but we're in the people business, right? So whether it's personal or business, I want you to consider what is your guiding principles? What are your guiding principles? What are your guiding values? What do you believe? What do you know to be true? What do you hold sacred? 
And what you know could be a lifeline for somebody right now drowning in fear or in pain or in confusion or in overwhelm. Some of you may be thinking, listen, I'm a realtor. I don't know what this has to do with anything. It has everything to do with everything. (laughs) I'm not like other business coaches because I'm not going to, it's not going to be all about the bottom line for me. I'm interested in you building a business and a life that is strong in purpose and an impact. I want you to recognize the influence you have in the world And I want you to use it for good. You know what's gotten you through. You know your go-tos. You know maybe you're like me and you're reliant on the word of God. Maybe you have a parent or a spouse who is just so solid or a best friend who gives the best advice. Maybe poetry has spoken to you. Maybe yoga Maybe meditation, maybe getting out in nature, maybe reading literature, maybe creating art, maybe writing, maybe dancing, maybe creating beautiful music. What is your thing? Some people might say, what is your North Star, right? What is your thing? What is your comfort? What do you know will just be like, ah, water in a desert? That lifeline that you've been looking for. What do you go back to when you need to be built up? Where do you go when you want to be reminded of who you are? Go there. Write it down. Remember it. Get down there in it. Enjoy it. Wrap yourself up in it. And then share it. And this is what many of you are doing for your business or many of you are considering for your business. You know, I'm coaching a lot of you who feel like you have a message to share with the world and you're getting ready to put it out there. Yes. Say yes and then do it. We need voices now. Voices of love, voices of compassion, voices of, that have tools to offer. People are desperately seeking light. So be that light. I hope that encourages you. I know it can be intimidating to think, oh, who am I? You know, those are the lies that we hear in our minds. And this is why I work with entrepreneurs on mindset, because I think a lot of us get to this point where we know we have something to share. And then we say, oh gosh, I mean, who do I think I am anyway? I I could never do that. And once you get past, I could never do that. Then it's like, oh, okay. Now you're too big for your britches. Oh, great. Okay. You go for it, girl. You think you're so cool. You think you know everything, right? We have these voices or these ideas about what the voices of other people might say. But here's my challenge for you. Don't think about all the impact you're going to have and all the people that are going to hear it and all the people that are going to maybe possibly criticize you. Think about the one. Think about the one person 
who needs what you have. Think about her. Think that you're at coffee with her and she's pouring her heart out to you and she's struggling. She needs a light. What is it? What can you offer her? How can you encourage her? This could be in the midst of a business transaction. This could be like my realtor when we moved to Texas from Chicago and we moved within three weeks and I had to get my kids all enrolled in school and we had no furniture and no home. We had a rental. Um, And I didn't know where I was going and the highways were big and everyone had a truck and I didn't. And there were a million reasons why I was completely stressed out. And my realtor in that moment was a counselor. (laughs) But she was steadfast. She was intelligent. She was kind. She was compassionate. She listened. She was a blessing. So I don't want to hear from anybody that I'm just a realtor or I'm just a mom or I'm just a whatever. That we have no room for the, that word and that concept within God's economy. Every single one of us is worth, we're, we're, we're priceless. <laughs> we're worthy and we're priceless. But every single one of us has the opportunity to impact other people. But don't think about how you're impacting the big crowds or what difference you're making or even what legacy you're going to leave. Right now, for today, look back at the people who've made an impact on you. It may have been in a crowded arena, but often, I would venture to guess, it might have been at a kitchen table or over coffee or in the church lobby. Someone might have sent you a book at exactly the right time, a book that changed their lives and they wanted to share. Someone might have just let you speak and not made you feel crazy. I talked to a friend on the phone the other day and we hadn't talked in years and we were telling each other stories about our kids and our kids are old, so, you know, there's stuff. And when we were saying goodbye, she said, I'm so happy we got a chance to talk. You make me feel less crazy. And I just take that as the biggest compliment. (laughs) Because we're all, if we admit it, a little bit crazy, right? A little bit overwhelmed, a little bit scared. And we need to be compassionate toward one another and let each other know, instead of trying to one-up another, you know, say, oh, well, I'm sorry, your kid's suffering, my kid's thriving. You know, I lived in a town that acted like that for 20 years and it's, Soul crushing. I refuse to live in that way. And now my goal is to make everyone feel less crazy. To make everyone feel less alone. So I don't care what it is you do for a living. You know I do care. We're going to talk intimately about all of what you do for a living because I love it. But for today, what I'm talking about is How do we offer hope and unity and kindness and compassion to one another in the midst of this crazy year? How do we end 2020 in a way that is encouraging, uplifting, 
and looking toward hope and possibility and opportunity. How can you personally do that? Don't get overwhelmed. It's not about the masses. Who's one person that you can influence for good in this final quarter of the year? All right, I'm going to stop talking, but I do um, like the idea. My pastor threw out something today. He said, well, why don't you just, if you want to get back in God's word, start reading Proverbs. Just read one a day or one chapter a day even. But one a day is, I mean, Proverbs are pretty cool, right? They're just like advice, basically. So here's how it starts. It says, prologue, purpose and theme. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. For attaining wisdom and discipline for understanding words of insight, for acquiring a disciplined and prudent life, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. So I love this because for me, when I learned about God and just my whole life, um, learning about God and trying to learn more about God, and um, I've always felt that, you know how I'm very interested in the mind. I'm very interested in our thoughts. And I never wanted to leave my brain at the door of the church. And I had a priest when I was younger say, Please don't check your brain at the door. I want your questions. God understands. You're not offending God. You can ask. You can think. And it doesn't have to be blind acceptance of what somebody tells you about anything or thinking that you have to um, read it and, and understand it one certain way. I do believe there is discernment. And I think it's really important to not check our brains at the door of the church. And so for me, what Proverbs is, is what I just read. It talks about wisdom. It talks about discipline. It talks about knowledge. It talks about discernment. It talks about guidance. Um, I love that kind of language and those truths. I love thinking about educating ourselves on who God is and then what that means for us. And so I love the idea of reading through Proverbs and I'm going to be doing that and I invite you to join me. I think it's going to be um, very telling in a time like this where we sometimes don't know what to say or how to act or what to do. And so we're going to go to God's word. I'm going to leave you by reading that same passage that I just read, but in the message version. The first time I read it was the NIV. The message is a paraphrase, and I love it. <laughs> it has made such a difference in my life and in my understanding of the word. God is in the message, and many people will maybe tell you not to read the message, and I understand that um, in theology, the scholars of church will tell you um, it's a paraphrase, and it is, but I'm going to go ahead and share it with you. My Bible has the NIV next to the message, so I get both, and I love it. So here it is, 
These are the wise sayings of Solomon, David's son, Israel's king, written down so we'll know how to live well and right, to understand what life means and where it's going, a manual for living, for learning what's right and just and fair, to teach the inexperienced the ropes and give our young people a grasp on reality. There's something here also for seasoned men and women, still a thing or two for the experienced to learn, fresh wisdom to probe and penetrate, the rhymes and reasons of wise men and women. Start with God. The first step in learning is bowing down to God. Only fools thumb their noses at such wisdom and learning. I hope that blesses you today. And I do hope you'll get a piece of paper and kind of allow yourself some time to remember people who've had an influence in your life people who've taught you the lessons that you go to now for comfort, for wisdom, for guidance. And I hope that you will commit to being that person, that light, that pillar, that hope for someone who's in your life right now. That's it for today. Thank you so much for being here. Keep saying yes. I am cheering for you. Have a great day.